Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Sunday morning, episode 74 of Believe in Betting LA. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter at smaxwell713. Of course, I'm joined, as always, by my host, Chris Lure. And we have a very special guest from Covers.com, Patrick Everson. We'll bring both those guys in in a second. First, want to start with a few administrative items. Of course, we are on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcast on Twitter. You can uh, download this podcast wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And again, we are recording this the last day of February, February 28th. It is Sunday. We're going to talk Lakers. We're going to talk NBA futures. And um, as mentioned, we have a very special guest today, Patrick Everson from Covers.com. He is the sports betting industry insider. That's a mouthful for Covers.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Covers. That's plural, Covers underscore Vegas on Twitter. Before we bring in our host, Patrick, do you want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online? And we do have no more football. We do have FCS football. But we're talking basketball these days. NBA, college basketball, of course, National Hockey League are all in swing. BetOnline even has awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got hundreds of props with real-time odds and everything you can imagine. And, of course, Chris, we know your favorite, the 24-hour online casino. (laughs) So head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online Sportsbook experts. So let's bring in our two uh, co-hosts today, and that's of course Chris Lewart. You can follow him on Twitter at Lou Mandingo Rock. He is part of the Edgefinder Sports Network, and our special guest today, Patrick Everson. How are you guys doing today, Patrick and Chris? I can't oh, complain. Like- although I wish I took Rory McIlroy in a in a golf pool, and I took Rory McIlroy at Genesis, misses the cut, and now he's you know eleven under today or something like that. Uh, typical. <laughs> that's how golf betting goes, doesn't it? Golf yeah. betting is awesome. Uh, doing well. I appreciate you guys having me on today. Likewise, it's great to have you, Patrick. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit briefly before we got on here, but um, we're going to talk about your story, how you got to be where you are. There's obviously a lot of aspiring sports betting analysts, sports journalists, et cetera. And so we always like to talk about and pick uh, the brains of experts that we bring on. Uh, and, of course, we're going to talk about some MBA as well. My first question for you, Patrick, and we'll talk about your story, but – the mainstream people, um, you know, there was a little bit of a lull for Chris and I. We, we love football. The Super Bowl happens. And you almost kind of see people take a, a week or two hiatus. It's almost like the day after tax season for a CPA. You know, everyone's in Mexico for a week or two. <laughs> Do you find that's, that's typical in the industry that, you know, the, the week or two uh, immediately following the Super Bowl, there's kind of a lull in sports content and sports interest? Yes, no question. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I've still kept pretty busy over the last month. But I'll tell you what, a lot of, you know, a lot of the odds makers here in Vegas uh, and I'm sure, you know, elsewhere across the country and beyond, uh, you know, they get their feet up. They get out of town for a week. Uh, I know like uh, a week or so ago, I was trying to reach out to Nick Bogdanovich at William Hill, one of my contacts here in town at William Hill. And I texted him just to get an update on something. I can't even remember what it was. He's like, hey, I'm in California, bud. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, all right, I get it. Yeah, everybody tries to. uh, uh, get a little breather because obviously uh, with March Madness right around the corner, you don't have a whole lot of time to, to really jam something in. And honestly, it's not even just the tournament because I'll tell you, the 
conference tournament week or weeks, as they've kind of stretched out into now, uh, actually presents more challenges to the odds makers than the, than the NCAA tournament itself, even as full as those first couple of days are um, of the NCAA tournament. The, the conference tournaments, you just got so many games and so many leagues and so many smart bettors who know where to look for uh, value and holes in the in the numbers and so forth that uh, they really got to be on their toes by the time the conference tournament starts. So they don't get uh, they don't get too much of a break. It it uh, that month goes pretty quickly. Yeah, Patrick is absolutely right. That's something that that is. What was the the Doyle Brunson quote from years ago? Was he makes more money playing side games at the World Series of Poker than he does in the World Series of Poker? <laughs> And uh, Patrick hit the nail on the head. Those conference tournaments are just a feast. Like if you, if you can be sharp and know what you're doing and, and really spend the time looking at it, you know, a McAnese state game or something like that. Exactly. Uh, you're uh, you're going to find a lot of great value. So that's definitely a good, a good point to bring up. I don't think we'd mentioned that before. No, there's, there's no question. It's a, there's value in that week, or as I said, now two weeks, especially if you've kind of, followed some of those uh, mid-majors and small majors, uh, non-mid-majors, I guess, over the course of the year, no doubt. So when you started... It's very exciting that we may actually have a, a conference or a March Madness this year. It seems like it's been a decade since the last tournament. Oh, my it? gosh. It's like March 346th right now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they they got to do it this year, right? Because uh, oh. it's just too much, too much money, too much money oh, not being gosh. made. I, I, they've got it all figured out in Indiana, which is good. I think we're going to, I think we're going to be fine. I'm, I, I imagine there'll be a bump or two here or there that they'll have to smooth over just as they have all season. But, uh, I can't see this going down two years in a row. There's just, uh, you know, hopefully they've got this figured out and we're all in for a good couple of weeks, uh, a good few weeks over the next month. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, tell us Patrick a little bit about how you got your start writing for covers. I know, when I first got in, this is probably right out of high school and at college covers was the place I was going to for my information. Like, I, you know, it's, it was like, wow, this is, I can't believe somebody's actually doing this, right? This is the place that I need to go. It was like my CNBC uh, for sports betting, but given, I think they're celebrating their 25th anniversary. Yep. Is it something you like, did you know, Hey, this, I want to be involved in the sports gambling industry. I want to cover it. You know, I want to be a journalist who this is going to be my niche, or is it something that found you? Uh, I would say it was a little bit of both. Uh, back in the mid 2000s, 2005, six or so, uh, first, I, I moved out to uh, went to University of Colorado, worked at a small, couple of smaller newspapers there, and then moved to Las Vegas in 1994 uh, to work for the Review Journal on the sports desk. And I was at the Review Journal for 22 years, all told. But um, uh, mid, like I said, around 2005, 2006, got an opportunity through through a good friend of mine uh, who's still here in town doing a lot of journalism and some other stuff. Uh, Matt Jacob, he and I both worked at the at the RJ together. He was doing some work with um, just with a, with a sports betting content site. And honestly, I'll, I'll be quite honest i can't remember exactly what the site was called but it was just you know a site that did a lot of content uh providing you know stats and information and so forth on on games and, and occasionally picks and so forth and i just you know he he had his his plate full with a lot of assignments on that and he just told me off a little bit of it to ghostwrite um so i was just making a few extra bucks on the side freelance doing that for a few years 
And then the recession hit and every everything just, you know, blew up. A lot of that kind of uh, a lot of those content opportunities went away. Um, and after about, I don't know, a year or so, I reached, you know, I, I, I used covers constantly while I was doing the ghostwriting for that site. Because as you pointed out, just a great, a great site, ton of stats and information and analysis and just bits you could get to really yeah. bolster your your content. And they always had lots of great stuff. So uh, about a year later, maybe 2009 or so, like I said, after the you know recession hit and everything, I reached out to them and, and just said, hey, you know, would you like somebody to do some freelance stuff from Vegas? And they were like, yeah, certainly. So I did a little bit of freelance work for them for about a year. But, you know, that the recession just kind of lingered and ultimately they had to sh- dial back their freelance. And um, then a couple of years later, like 2012, 2013, they started beefing up their uh freelance again as things started turning the corner in the economy and so forth and uh brought me back in um just doing freelance work from vegas and doing some pretty cool stuff more under less ghostwriting more byline stuff and so forth and uh you know all of us could kind of see what was going on in new jersey at the time and and elsewhere and 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 felt like there was going to be a shift we didn't know it was going to be the kind of shift that we've seen over the last couple of years but mm-hmm. um so they were trying to, you know, they were working throughout like 2014, 2015 to find a way to get me to leave the Review Journal, get me to leave newspapers after a couple of decades of work there. And um, finally, in early 2016, it all came together and uh, they put together a package of work and made it attractive for me to leave newspapers and do the sports betting uh, side of this full time. Um, and I guess as they say, the rest is history. That was probably a long winded story, but uh it took a while to get there, but uh, the la- and then the last five years have just been spectacular. Bonanza. Yeah, a lot of changes certainly in the industry yes. as a whole over the last four or five years. Um, so you're Colorado native. You you went to to Colorado. You're probably a big Buffs fan. You know, yep. were you a, a journalism major in college? How did you take that first leap from you know aspiring sports journalist, college student to covering uh, you know actual teams for a newspaper? Right. I was, look, I'll be honest, this is, this might sound a little, this is going to sound a little hokey, but I was a news, I was a paper boy at six years old. I have basically (laughs) never not worked since I was six and you get the ink in your blood. And I was a decent athlete and loved, loved, loved sports. So, I mean, it was, this was something I knew even before I went to high school that this is, I was going to want to be in sports journalism somehow. So it was just ingrained. And I did end up going, I, I did go to journalism school at University of Colorado and, and graduated from the program. And, uh, and, you know, and then moved along from there, like I said, a couple of smaller newspapers in Colorado. Shout out to the Loveland Reporter Herald and the uh, Northwest Colorado Daily Press up in the remote, the remote climbs of Craig, Colorado, where it is so doggone cold this time of year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I spent six months there and it was a great learning experience a long time ago. But, um, yeah, and then and then ultimately out here on the sports desk, uh, doing a lot of uh, production side things here at the Review Journal, <clears throat> along with some writing. I got some I got some opportunities to write because I, you know, whenever you know whenever they needed somebody to do anything, I was like, hey, throw me on that. I'd, I'd love to get out of the office and write some. And um, uh, honestly, I covered and I still do covered a lot of the national finals rodeo, which is a freaking awesome event. It probably sounds <laughs> crazy to you guys, but man, cowboys and cowgirls are some of the best people to cover uh just you know they may have cliches but you've never heard them and they'll tell you stories like you wouldn't believe and super accessible great people so i just wrote as much as i could 
while also being more on the production side, I was I was heavily involved in the day to day of what's going to go where in each section and how we're going to get this whole thing out on deadline and so forth. Um, but uh, yeah, and then just being in Las Vegas, the sports betting element kind of rubs off on you. Uh, even while I was even before I was you know writing about sports betting very much, whether it was in like some of the ghost writing I mentioned earlier or the roles I ultimately have evolved into. Um, you're, you're in this environment and you like sports. Well, sports betting is a part of it. And, and again, uh, um, as you guys alluded to, I mean, the, the last few years, it's just, it's just blown up. It's, 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 it, it, I think it's proven in the last 12 months that it's recession proof yep. because all of us got kicked in the gut in one way or another over the last 12 months. And yet the sports betting numbers are tremendous. That's actually a great lead in to what I want to ask next. You're at kind of ground zero, right? You're in Las Vegas. Have you noticed a seismic shift in the way people are approaching sports betting? The Circuit Casino seems to be sports betting first. Is this something you think that is going to lead to kind of a golden age of sports gambling for for the industry and for betters? That's a really good question. Um, I, I, I think it will in a sense. But it'll always be, especially as more places, as more states are not only legalizing sports betting, but also online casino, mm-hmm. you know, the casino floor in a brick and mortar in a retail, <clears throat> that's what's making all your money. Sports betting is often, you know, like the sixth or seventh down the list of revenue generators and, and money gener, you know, uh, handle generators and revenue generators. At casinos on the casino floor, you got your your penny slots. Believe it or not, are the things that make the most make money, the money in these yeah. places. You know, and then and then the table games and slots and so on. And sports sports betting is is usually pretty far down the list. But um, I do think it has shown over the last twelve months to just be uh, you know so resilient. I mean, look at all the states right now that uh, have uh, first of all the states over the last couple of years that were already on board. And now all these states, all of a sudden, as we're trying to turn the corner on the pandemic, that are considering legislation. You know, you've got you know Texas and Georgia and Florida and uh, you know and, and multiple other states that are all looking at legislation now, seeing this as a, uh, you know a potential revenue stream for tax coffers for the state and so forth. I think it does have potential to you know to really um, jump up to that next level or two. I would just caution with it. Um, as all these states are considering this, and I've, I've written this many times, and I say it all the time. Um, well, and New York State, too. I forgot to leave out New York State trying to expand its uh, mobile betting options because they're getting their tails kicked in by New Jersey. But it dovetails into this, and that is too many states. And again, I know we're probably going off topic here a little bit, but too many states are seeing sports betting as this panacea that's going to fill massive holes in budget in, in, in state budgets and so forth. Like sports betting's never been that if it's done the way it ought to be at, you know, pricing it fair for the retailer and for the consumer and so forth. And uh, if you're looking at this to fill huge budget holes, well, the only way you can really do that um, and you can't even really do it, but the only way you could think about doing it is if you didn't price it very fairly, you know, and made your goal making a bunch of money for state tax coffers instead of just taking something that's already going on widely underground or offshore or wherever and just bringing it above board and and knowing hey yeah we'll get a few bucks into the state coffers we'll make a few dollars but uh you need to do it right you need to tax it fairly you need to regulate it fairly you need to make it very fair for the customer 
or the customer is not going to go use your product. So, you know, again, a little bit of a off track there. So, but I felt like it dovetailed into it a little bit into how this is going to grow and who's going to be doing it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah, things have to be fair, like anything else. If if someone's not happy, they're not going to use your product. They may not ever come back to that product in general. Um, and then you're never going to have a chance to make money. So, again, this is Believe in Betting LA, episode 74. We're joined by Patrick Everson, sports betting industry insider for Covers.com. He's on Twitter at Covers underscore Vegas on Twitter. So, uh, Patrick, I don't know about you guys in Vegas there, but here in LA, it certainly feels at least, and maybe this is just the optimist in me, but it feels like we're trying to, starting to turn a corner from the pandemic. Traffic's getting worse. We're talking about fans at Dodger Stadium this summer, uh, et cetera. But, you know, a couple weeks ago, Chris and I kind of had a reflective NFL season episode. What went right? What went wrong? And one of the things that one of the lessons that I took from last year's both college and, and NFL season was that I overreacted to COVID news. You know, this guy's questionable. He's in the pro- protocol. He may not play. And um, I, I kind of took those as major advantages, trying to get in early to those. And um, the more things are going on, the more information's out there the better that the experts like us, at least perceived experts, can uh, can kind of rise to the top. But that was one of the lessons that I took is that, hey, don't overreact to COVID news. How have you, as an industry expert, have how have you taken COVID news and, and how have you reacted to that? Have, have you found yourself overreacting, underreacting? How have the industry experts kind of thought about COVID and how, how have you planned around COVID when trying to cover sports betting? Goodness, it's, it's definitely been a challenge because, I'll, you know, even before, even pre-COVID, I think I'm sure the two of you and, and obviously others across the industry, uh, especially if you're you know heavily on the betting on the better side of the counter and so forth, but it's a challenge on the odds making side as well. Is like I said, even pre-COVID, people were like, "How are we just finding out this guy's going to be out of a game?" And it's like 20 minutes till the <laughs> what the hell is going on here? And it's been, uh, you know, just with load management and all that. Well, then you get, you know, a pandemic that uh, arrives on the scene and 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 just exacerbates what already is a uh, is a challenge, uh, you know, from the for, for sports betters and for odds makers. I mean, uh, it, it's certainly a, it's it's a challenge for them as well, and and it, and the information becomes even more valuable. But as you pointed out, I mean, you you can overreact to that and. You know, you you. I think what you have to generally remember is that the odds makers are in that position because they really, really get this, and they and they know, generally speaking, how to not overreact. Um, the instinct from betters, uh, at least the wide, you know, the vast majority of betters, most of betters are like me. They're very. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a public better. I I'm not that I take the the you know the big favorites or anything like that. But I'm not doing the deep dive that 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 the sharp players are doing, and 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 doing the analysis that allows you to recognize if there's a value, and allows you to not overreact or underreact to try and find that balance. Most betters don't have that. They're just you know they're they're common everyday people who just enjoy having some skin in the game. So, um, but uh, but I could see even experienced betters. And 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 from a journalism side of it, from covering the industry, um, you know, I can see the uh, the you know how you'd end up overreacting because the situation has just been so different than anything else any of us has ever experienced. Um, to have you know games and you know not just games and bubbles, but like 
a third of a season or whatever ended up being for NBA and hockey and so forth. All these game, all these things and in bubbles for weeks on end and it just brings a whole new dynamic to it you've got no fans you're not playing on your home court you're not ever staying at home for weeks on end it just introduced so many different dynamics that i could understand the overreaction uh to any of this because it's just so new and so different and hopefully not something we're gonna have to experience again yeah totally and that's actually a good lead into my to my next question which is you've been in the industry now for so long have you seen your kind of sports betting evolve? You used to bet one way, now you bet another, or are you so deep into the business now that it's taken some of the shine off and you find yourself not kind of betting as much as you used to? And the last part, and everybody wants to know, are you still taking the Broncos every single year? <laughs> All right, well, we'll do the last part first. Absolutely. I, I put a futures bet on the Broncos <laughs> every year. I've done it every year since I moved to Vegas. Even with Drew um, Locke, it's quarterback, huh? <laughs> I look, it's it has a lot less to do with the 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 that's a heart bet every year. It's not like I'm putting a lot of money on it. I just throw a few dollars down on it every year just just to have it because they're my guys. But uh, no, the big thing that's changed and uh, and this and even more so over the last twelve months, but it was already heading this way, is mobile betting. Uh, mobile betting has got to be a part of your product, state to state to state if you are going to compete in this business and it's the betters expect it they want a robust menu on the mobile app mm -hmm. and most sports books are getting it and if they haven't gotten it they're they're going to get it soon enough or they're or they're going to find themselves on the outside looking in uh, as a competitor uh, or maybe off the grid altogether but that's the thing i've seen uh, you know the biggest dynamic change and it was again it, this was already occurring pre-covid you were already seeing in New Jersey, especially where the where the mobile product is robust and the sign up is easy. You need remote sign up too. That's something that Nevada needs to address uh, in short order. It's just Nevada doesn't fall short really almost anywhere on the sports betting landscape. It's the gold standard, but and this is a big but you can't sign up remotely. Uh, New Jersey did it right, and like I said, even pre-COVID, they were seeing like eighty plus percent, maybe even close to ninety percent of all bets were being made online. So they were, in that sense, and in, and in other states who handled it the same way as New Jersey, those states were ready for COVID and they killed it on sports betting because of it. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest kind of evolution and I think it will continue. And, uh, you know, as, as, as states, as more states figure this out, they need to make sure that, uh, A, they have a competitive landscape so that betters have outs and B, it's got to be, you know, mobile, mobile, mobile. There's got to be mobile. People love bucket list to Vegas and so forth. And I get it. I love it too, even just being here. Um, but uh, that, that mobile products, uh, that's the thing. That's the wave. That's the, that's the future. That's the present. That's the past. And it's really the future. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Most definitely. Yeah. It's always good to be able to do things uh, from your bedroom on your phone. And I think that's going to continue with uh, not just sports betting, but various industries across uh, the world. So, yep. um, okay. Again, we're joined by Patrick Everson, covers.com. I know, Patrick, you have, I don't know if it's a weekly column, if it just came out last uh, Monday, I believe, an NBA futures column. And there's been a lot of movement with the NBA futures betting landscape over the last several weeks. As we discussed before, we got live here today, the Utah Jazz, everyone's darlings this year in the 2020-2021 NBA season. Uh, probably no top 10 players in the NBA, but they've got uh, a very deep roster, probably the likely 
Defensive Player of the Year in, in Rudy Gobert, the likely Sixth Man of the Year in Jordan Clarkson, former Lakers. So let's talk about that. You have a column on it, or at least a, an, epi, uh, a, an article uh, that came out on February 22nd. Today is February 28th, um, where you kind of break down the movement. Anyone here that you, you want to plug as a great value or a team to avoid in the NBA championship futures market? Good question. Well, well, first, again, uh, it, this is an article I update basically on a weekly basis this time of year now that we've gotten past football. And it, it's interesting. The last update I did, as you, as you pointed out, was Monday, and it was with BetMGM. And I think the Jazz, I'm looking at taking a peek at it real quick right now, and I think the Jazz were somewhere, yeah, they were plus uh, – they were plus 850 at BetMGM at the time. <clears throat> now, at the end of this week, BetMGM has already moved just in less than a week uh, down to plus 700, so a little bit. But William Hill US is way on the move with the Jazz. I mean, whatever, look, I hope if you got on the Jazz, I hope you got on them a, a few weeks ago when they were still like 20 or, or more, which they were like a month or so ago. They just been moving like crazy because of this tremendously long uh, stretch of games where they played very, very well. And by the way, if you've been on the spread on the Jazz over this time, holy smokes, you're just doing phenomenal because they're 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 winning against the spread uh, like nobody's business. But right now at William Hill, they are down to plus 450, which is wow. just incredible. And Nick Bogdanovich, he, he said money is pouring in on the Jazz game after game. He said we were probably we probably were too slow to move them down initially. Um, that said, they're only a small loser to the Jazz still at this point because I guess people didn't get on, not enough people got on the train. I think what's interesting about the futures on the NBA is that the Lakers are still a big loser, even though they've been a short number. And I think that's, you know, when you're talking about books that operate here in Vegas, and obviously William Hill US is all over the country, but, uh, you know, their, their, their hub is in Vegas. This is where they got started. Um, even though the Lakers have been at short odds, they just get the daylights bet out of them here in Las Vegas. The Vegas loves, loves, loves the Lakers. Um, a couple teams maybe that are flying a, a little under the radar. It's it's hard to as as I look at the odds in front of me right now. It's first the Jazz is just it's just stunning when I look at that. I look down at my phone I'm like, gosh, dang, plus four fifty. Are you kidding me? But look, you can't argue with uh, with the results on the court. But it almost makes teams that you wouldn't think are like under the radar or value suddenly valued. The bucks are 13 to one. Now the Sixers are 14 to one. Um, you know, and, and this, again, I'm citing William Hill us right here. Always check your book shop around. You might be able to do better than that. But, um, you know, if the Celtics get healthy, they're 28 to one now. I mean, that's, uh, that the, there are a couple of teams out there that I think, are worth a look. I would feel a little bit better about the Bucks with somebody like Giannis and the Sixers with Embiid and, and Simmons and so forth than I perhaps with the Celtics at this point. But, you know, a few weeks ago, the Bucks were like plus 600. They were like six to one. Now they're double that. So, you know, if you're looking for some value and you feel like, the, and, and, I've, and I know the Bucks are getting healthier, a lot of these teams have had some injury issues or some COVID issues or what have you. Um, you're certainly getting, you know, a number on the bucks that you weren't seeing a month ago, two months ago. You certainly weren't seeing it in the off season. They were well below 10 to one, if I recall correctly, pretty much all along. And now you can get them at, like I said, I'm seeing 13 to one at William Hill. Um, still see, and this is interesting. This is why you got a shot. The bucks at bed MGM, eight fifty. the bucks at William Hill, 
1300. Yep. So uh, it's it's interesting as you shop around, but the Sixers are 1400 at both those shops. So uh, something worth looking for. Do the Nuggets kind of you know make a run? I and then this isn't being a homer, but look, Jokic is a really good player, and uh, you know when that team's playing well. I mean they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. They're 25 to one at BetMGM. They're they're uh, they're 40 to one at William Hill. Um, so I think there are some teams here and there that are some value. Nick pointed out, uh, and Nick Bogdanovich, like I said, I just got some information from him a couple of days ago that uh, the Suns are an interesting team that's kind of on the rise. I don't think that's worth a bet, but I do think it's worth keeping an eye on. That was a team that once they got in the bubble last year, did really, really well, as you guys might recall, yep. straight up and against the spread. But uh, like I said, the, the Bucks and Sixers, it's kind of interesting, especially the Bucks. You're getting the number that, uh, you know, it's some books that you haven't seen in quite some time on the Bucks with, uh, with the team, the makeup of the team that they have. Interesting stat here. Uh, since the NBA resumed play last July in the bubble, the team with the best record in all of basketball is those Phoenix Sun. And it's a, it's, it's a misleading stat, right, because they didn't play the playoffs. So, you know, a team like the Nuggets have more losses than they would otherwise if they didn't play in the bubble. But I, I heard that on a podcast earlier this week, and I thought that was a remarkable stat, that the, the Sun, Phoenix Suns actually have the best record in all of basketball since play resumed last July in the bubble. Yeah, and they're up, like Nick said, just in the last week or so. Again, this is Nick Bogdanovich and William Hill said they were at 50-1. to 1, Now they're at 30-1. to 1. So uh, they're a team that's certainly on the odds makers' radar. And again, I'm not, I'm not being delusional here and thinking the Suns are a championship contender or anything. But, um, you know, but, but keep an eye on them. Sometimes some of these teams that are a little further down, if you can identify them and they make a run, you, you put yourself in a hedge position. <laughs> you know, I'm not nice saying this one of those teams. I'm just saying maybe one of these teams out there is. Maybe it's the Nuggets. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Heat are, are are starting to get healthier. So maybe it's the Heat. At William Hill, you can get the Heat at 50 to 1 right now. They were in the NBA Finals last year. You know, so, uh, you know, maybe you set yourself up for a little bit of an opportunity if they, say, made their way back to the Eastern Conference Finals or something. Completely agree. And this is. This is why, and you said it, you know, three or four times, right? And we cover on the podcast all the time is value, value, value. Don't be afraid to shop around. Don't be afraid to get as much as you can for your dollar because those are, over the long term, when you bet that way, it's going to make a massive difference in, in the way you can, you know, increase those returns, right? We say it a lot here on Believe in Betting LA, minimize your losses, maximize your wins. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you're absolutely right to to shop around in that regard, and and don't be afraid to to bet as the season goes on. If you're a futures better, you know, don't say, well, I already got the bucks at the beginning of the season at you know uh, plus five hundred or, or plus four hundred or something like that, and you know you get a better price, you believe in them, you know, grab it again, right? There's no there's no shame in in, in taking the value with the values there. Oh, I won't I won't argue with that. I've got. Uh, uh... I haven't done much with this yet. I don't want to take you off NBA, but I've definitely been uh, looking at that with college. I mean, a lot of times at the beginning of the NCAA tournament, you can still get some really good value on some teams. And uh, if you get some good value on a team and they make a run, uh, you're in business. Um, but I'm sitting on some great UConn stuff right now. <laughs> they look Holy good, man. They look cow. really good. I am sitting on some good UConn stuff. So, All right, transitioning from NBA team futures to NBA player futures, and, and they're relatable. Um, you know, pretty much every single MVP over the last 15 or so years comes from um, either, you know, being a, a number one player in, in player efficiency rating or a team that is a, a one seed 
in their respective conference. So we're seeing that reflected right now in the NBA MVP futures odds. Uh, I'm still seeing LeBron as the odds on favorite at plus 135. These are coming from Ben Online. Uh, Joel Embiid was a value as of about a week ago. I think he was at 550 or even 6 to 1. I'm seeing him now at 275. So we're seeing two basically odds on favorites followed by Nikola Jokic at 6 to 1, Luka Doncic at 8 to 1, and then uh, some other players that are 12 to 1 and beyond. Do you see any value, Patrick or Chris, in e- either of those two odds on favorites in LeBron or Embiid? You know, the Lakers, of course, since Anthony Davis went out two weeks ago today in that game against the Denver Nuggets. They're only two and five. LeBron had a golden opportunity, truly a spotlight on his MVP candidacy, playing more minutes than he has in years. He's not missed very many games. I don't think he's missed any. Um, the Lakers were in first place in the Western Conference, of course. We've talked about it. the Jazz have surpassed them, and so have the Clippers as of right now as well. Do you see any value, Patrick, in, in taking LeBron, who's kind of fading away, or an ascending Embiid? Or do you see a guy like Jokic or, or Luka or, or maybe even a Kevin Durant as values right now in the MVP race? That's a good question. Uh, Durant not coming back until after the All-Star break worries me a little bit. Um, you know, what if he doesn't come back? Like, literally, I mean, I don't know if they're literally saying next game after the All-Star break, Durant's going to be on the court. You can count on it. He's going to be here for the final push to uh, for playoff seating and so forth. That one worries me a little bit, although... Um, with the price you could get on him, it might be worth a shot. Uh, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm seeing 20 to one available at some spots and so forth. So, um, I, I think there's more value there than there isn't going with LeBron at this point. Uh, LeBron's number is pretty short. Um, certainly plenty of talk around him. Um, but, but, but look, value is in the, in, in the eye of the beholder and the eye of the better. Somebody who's much sharper than I may think, look, this is, you know, he's going to win this. Why not, why not, why not take a swing uh, before we get any further? And he ends up being shorter, even shorter than he already is. And he's pretty darn short. He's, a, he's you know, getting, you know, soon enough, he could be minus money um, yep. at some spots, especially if he takes, if he takes advantage while, while Davis is out, which is, as you guys pointed out, not necessarily the case so far. Um, and Embiid, obviously, his numbers tightened up a little bit uh, over in, in, in recent weeks. I, you know, I think, and again, this isn't a homer thing, because the, the team I'm the most homer for is the Denver Broncos, folks. That is it. That is the end-all, be-all. I don't care if the Nuggets lose. I mean, I like to see them do good. I don't care if my CU Buffs lose. I like to see them do good, but... I mean, the Broncos are the one that make me throw stuff at the TV and so forth. So, um, so I'm not Homer in here, but but you know, Jokic. I see uh, in our uh, odds, we have an odds piece that we update every week on this as well. NBA MVP, and of course, like I said, James Embiid, Jokic number three, six to one. Um, look, the guy's having a, a a tremendous season. I don't I don't know that he wins MVP, but um, you know, you're certainly getting a little uh, a little more value on that number. Um, and then, like I said, on, on these, I think just as we were discussing with the NBA championship futures, you got to bounce around to three or four different books because all these, I mean, I'm looking at, at my screen, which was, uh, which was our article numbers from, uh, DraftKings over this past week. And then I'm comparing them to, in, in this instance, I'm comparing them to William Hill. And some of these numbers are quite different, you know, Steph Curry, 1400 at one. 800 and another, um, you know, so if you can get 1400, well, that, that, that might be some value there. Uh, Luka Doncic, I mean, look, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. 
um, because that guy is just having a, he's a tremendous talent. And um, I would say the Mavs need to really start playing, you know, significantly better for that to happen though. They've got to look more like the team that was in the playoffs last year um, than they have over the last few weeks. I'm not saying over, I'm not not saying this over the last few days, but the last few weeks they had a rut there for a, a quite a rut there for a while. Um, that team's got to got to be a lot better for Doncic to get consideration. But you got to like his number; it's 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 more attractive. We can, we can all agree that you you have to make the playoffs to win MVP, probably. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That team's got to find a way to to be in the in the postseason. And I I think preseason his you know um, a lot of people thought the Mavs were going to be a little bit a little bit more of a threat than it turned than, than they are appearing at this point they're gonna have to have a hell of a run but but that guy's quite a player so the number is interesting yeah where i want to see what i want to see happen is i want to see the Mavs start reeling off wins luca getting all those highlights and articles written about him and then you're going to see the number if, if that coincides with the lakers continuing to lose three or four three or four it doesn't matter if LeBron's efficiency is through the roof. It doesn't matter if he's scoring, you know, 28, 10 rebounds, triple-double the game. Winning is what matters. And if the Lakers continue to slip, I think you're going to see his. If the Lakers slip and somebody ascends, whether that's Embiid or whether that's Doncic, and their team starts winning and they play primetime games, and, you know, if you get Embiid on a, on a Saturday or Sunday night game and he puts up 50 uh, against somebody, like, you're going to see the numbers move um, because the – Guess what? The, the, the people who vote for uh, MVP are, are much like the public. They are doing what is shoved in their face by the major sports networks. So that will influence things. If you're waiting, if you want LeBron for MVP, because he wants it, right? Make no mistake. LeBron wants to win MVP. He said it last year that he should have won it. It's in his mind. It sticks in his craw. So if you can get the Lakers continuing to lose and then have a team like the Sixers or the Nuggets, uh, or the Mavs start ascending, that's when you want to jump in on LeBron. Because as soon as Davis comes back, uh, I think you're going to see them start winning, and then the narrative will shift again. So don't underscore, especially on things like that, don't underscore the narrative that's being fed out to the public, because that will influence the voters for sure. Oh, no question. If, Like you said, if any of these guys gets on a run, um, and I think especially Doncic, because he's just got that, he's got that flair, that vibe, he's young, he's just... He's, yeah, he's great. He's incredible great. vision on the court. He's he's very entertaining to watch. Um, we've all, you know, we've almost all kind of gotten used to it with LeBron. This is, uh, uh, you know, because he's been around forever. So it's 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 just, um, uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, Doncic is kind of the uh, the flavor of the week. And if he can have a run and the Mavs can put it together, if he has a good run and the Mavs in turn win a lot, win quite a few games, um, it'll be really. I'm sure those odds will will tighten significantly. Agreed. Completely agreed. All right, so we have Lakers tonight, 5 p.m. This is a primetime game with the Warriors. Any bets that you like here, Patrick, for Lakers-Warriors tonight? Uh, it's a three-point spread. The Lakers are favorite. I think the total is at 221. Not to put you totally on the spot here, but we do like taking— uh, This is, at the end of the day, a Believe in Betting <laughs> L.A. show, as much as we want to talk about uh, the NBA or sports as a whole. But— um, just a quick thought here on the Lakers game tonight. Do you have a pick that you like? Well, the, I I think they I think they get it. Uh, I think they get it done tonight. I think they win in cover, but I am looking at some some stats. I'll be I'll have a little bit on this later today on covers.com. Um, 
in, we have daily games of the day that uh, that several people on our staff write, and then I usually inject. There's a little box in each of these articles where I inject what's going on on the betting side of this. And what's interesting right now is that early on, this is a very much two-way action game. Um, I'm literally I'm looking right now uh, at 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 one sports book. Not to put off any sponsors or anything. I'm just thinking about this as I'm going through the show. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't know if that's hopefully that's not a problem. But um, 51 per, on the spread, 51% of bets on the Lakers, 53% of money on the Lakers. So very much a two-way game. Um, I think that'll shift a little bit as you get closer to tip-off, especially for, for books here in Vegas, where, as I noted earlier, uh, the, the betters come here. They love they love to bet the Lakers. So I wouldn't be surprised to see those numbers shift quite a bit. But early betting on this, a few hours out from tip-off, uh, you've got very much two-way action here. So there's certainly some believers in the Warriors uh, in this game, no question. And uh, but more consensus on the total looking for the over. No surprise. Um, 78% of bets, 72% of money on the over. So that's not a shock. <laughs> All right. Well, this was uh, we were joined, as always, uh, by Chris Lewart on Believe in Betting L.A. And of course, our special guest, today, Patrick Everson, sports betting industry expert insider for Covers.com. And you can follow him at Covers underscore Vegas on Twitter. You heard it from Patrick, Denver Broncos, 2022 Super Bowl champions. We got, <laughs> we got Drew Locke as MVP, Jokic as MVP, Nuggets to win the title. Uh, any other final thoughts here, Patrick, before we let you go? Anything else you want to plug here? Uh, Colorado Buffs to the Sweet 16. Um, I think they could do that. that that's a possibility. Uh, no, just like I said, just, you know, please, uh, if you haven't checked out our site, give it, a, give it a look. And if you, you know, even if you regularly look at it, we've done a lot of things over the last... 12 months, uh, you know, where we've had opportunities, you know, the pandemic's been awful, but it's certainly given us a chance to kind of recalibrate a lot of things too. And we're doing a lot of things better than we were 12 months ago. So there's, uh, there's a lot of great uh, stats, info, video analysis uh, available at covers.com. And, um, and yeah, give me a, give me a follow at covers underscore Vegas as well, if you would, I appreciate it and very much enjoy being on guys. Thank you very much for, for your time, Patrick, and have a lovely rest of your day. Sounds good. I got Patrick. I got an important question. So I don't live in Vegas, but I, before the world changed, I used to frequent it, you know, three, four times a year. Uh Question I get asked most, where should I stay? Second question, who should I bet on? The third question that I never have a great answer for, and this can be on the strip, this can be off the strip, this can be anywhere. What is the best steak place to go to? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, Okay, hang on a second here. Um, I got to look at this real quick. Uh, there's <laughs> Make a sure they're place. still open. Patrick's sitting up Nick Bogdanovich from William Hill. <laughs> no, it's, um, I'm trying to, is that what, is this what it was? Yeah. So a guy, a, a friend of mine who comes out here from New York a couple times a year, um, there's a place in, uh, in Crystals, which is kind of adjacent to um, Aria, and yep. such on the strip Shopping center, right? called Mastro's. Oh my God. It's, it's really good. <clears throat> it's for steak. You're talking steak, right? Yep. And the LA crowd will know Mastro's very well. Sure. Sure. Yeah, exactly. All so right, I've never been there and he took me there and I was like, wow, this is lights out. Unbelievable. <laughs> really good steak. Um, the, uh, uh, Andiamo, I think downtown is inside the D. Um, that's that place is really good for steak and and lots of other stuff. Um, Andy Allen Steakhouse. It's an Italian place, but it's called 
Andy Almost Takeout. Personally, I love the freaking Italian sausage there, but <laughs> but the steaks are great. Those are two pretty good places, Mastro's and uh, and Andy Almo for sure. I don't think you can go wrong there, but uh, there are certainly several others. But those are two that I have experienced and and would certainly have no hesitation recommending. And that gets you on the strip and downtown. So <laughs> perfect where you need to be. Of course, we talk about value for about 45 minutes and we end it talking Ooh. about steakhouses. <laughs> the antithesis of value. So, uh, go and behold. So, all right, Patrick, thank you very much for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Chance. Bye, Patrick. All right, that was Patrick Everson from Covers.com. We were privileged to have him on as a guest here, I believe in Benny LA episode 74. We're going to wrap things up just by briefly discussing uh, where the Clippers and where the Lakers are at. They're both playing today, Chris, but of course the Clippers play here at 12.30, so it's uh, by the time you listen to this, it's it's very likely too late to put any picks down on that game. However, Clippers now uh, are, are, you know, they're playing good basketball. They're 3-3 three and three in their last six games, Chris, and th- put this in the strange but true uh, part right now. They had back-to-back games Thursday, Friday against the same opponent in the same arena, the Memphis Grizzlies. They uh, lost one and they won one. Shooting was completely different from game to game here. Uh, the Clippers will take on the Milwaukee Bucks. So just just brief thoughts on the Clippers, you know, probably about the season that we expected them to have. They're right now second in the Western Conference standings at 24-11. and 11. Of course, the Lakers are just a half game behind them at 23-11. and 11. And the Suns are only a game and a half with the same amount of losses at 21-11. and 11. If you're a Clippers fan, are you happy? What are you looking for moving forward? I feel like the media narrative last week was like the Clippers are, are crashing and burning. Uh, not exactly. Uh, the Clippers are doing fine. The Clippers are exactly where the Clippers need to be, and the Clippers will be judged on what they do in the playoffs. That's all that matters is will Paul George finally decide to show up in the playoffs? And that's that's all that matters. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to get to the second round, and then what happens from there? So if you're a Clippers fan, it's fait accompli. That's what's going to happen. Uh, what the hell is Paul George going to do? And are Lou, is Lou Williams going to get to get, get it together a little bit more? And can somebody else on that uh, on that team step up a little bit? Because as I said previously. I would like to see Paul George do less on offense and more on defense and let somebody else kind of pick up the load. Today's game, I want to take the Clippers, but I'm looking at bet online right now. The Bucks at home getting a point at minus 105 is is probably what you want to bet, uh, despite I think the Clippers probably going to win this game. The value, I'm going to say, is lying in the Bucks getting a point at home at minus 105. So that's what I would take for this game. Okay, and let's transition over to the Lakers, and as we discussed briefly with Patrick, they're a skid here. You know, when you lose an Anthony Davis-type player, very few teams of any in the NBA can afford to lose a all-world player like Anthony Davis and continue to play at a high level. However, it is important to note that they're only 2-5 and five since he went down midway through that uh, February 14th game two weeks ago today. Uh, when Anthony Davis went down against the Nuggets. They did, however, win on Friday. They had a comeback win against the Blazers. That was a nice win for the Lakers. But before that, they had a four-game losing streak, which included losses to the Nets and the Jazz, both those by double digits, so two of the, the top contenders in each conference there the Lakers were not able to go up against. So they play... The Warriors tonight at home at Staples Center. That should be a fun game. As Patrick said, there's about an even amount of money on both the Warriors and the Lakers. However, the juice is heavily favoring the over in the total 221. I think we'll see that continue to rise. So what are your picks here, Warriors at Lakers? Patrick said it, and you just said it too. 78% of the money is going in on the over. That's probably even high for a big public game. I think you're probably 65 70% is where most betters go. We've said this 100 times, right? 
people love to bet overs. Uh, that will be the case. And I think it's, like you said, it's going to continue to rise. 221 and a half. Uh, I would bet the under on this game, and I would bet it immediately, you know, 30 seconds before the game's going to tip off. Take the under, because I think you'll continue to see it creep up. Okay, so Chris is telling us to take the smart value pick. What else is new? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so that is a high total. Both these teams can score, and and look, you think of both these teams as excellent defensive teams. The Warriors are no longer that great defensively, especially losing a guy like Clay Thompson, of course. And the Lakers, vice versa, or same idea, I should say, losing a player like Anthony Davis that really anchors your defense uh, can hurt as well. So um, I do think Chris is right, though. If you're going to take the under, don't take it now. This will continue to climb all day as more and more people uh, start saying that they like the over. My bet here, I'm going to take LeBron James over 29 points at minus 120. Look, there's a lot of load for him. This is going to be a high-scoring game, whether you like the under or not. 221 is a high total, and it's going to flirt with that. Uh, and the Lakers really don't have a lot of other scoring prowess right now. I think LeBron James knows that he has to take his 25 to 28 shots a game right now. I think it's one of those games where he's going to get to the line quite a bit. It's a primetime game at home. I like over 29 points, minus 120, and that you can find on betonline.ag. So Chris likes the under. I like LeBron over points. Take both and see if you can try to hit that middle somewhere along the way. Well, this was episode 74, Chris, presented by betonline.ag, joined by Patrick Everson at covers.com. Any final thoughts here? Cashed in uh, two weeks ago on 214 when uh, Anthony Davis, don't want to have it at anybody's expense uh, getting hurt, but especially Chicago's own, went 3-0 and last time we spoke. I had Lakers Nuggets. I had Nuggets plus three. I had Nuggets first half plus two and Eclipse money line. So it just so happened that Davis got hurt in that Nuggets game, and those were, were easy wins. So lesson as always, folks, bet with your head, not with your heart. You never know what will happen. That's exactly right. Uh, all right, awesome. Well, this was episode 74 of Believe in Betting LA. Thank you to everyone at Believe.com for setting up today's guest and Patrick Everson. Thanks for Patrick Everson and Covers.com for coming on as a tremendous guest. You can find all of his good stuff at Covers.com. And, of course, he's at uh, Covers underscore Vegas on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at smaxwell 713 Chris is at Lumandingo Rock. Stag is at StagCap. And Edgefinder Sports is at Edgefinder Sports on Twitter for covers.com for Edgefinder Sports for the Bleed Podcast Network. Chris Lewis. This was Sam Maxwell. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.